2: Welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, December 2nd. I'm Terry Arango with my guest, Dr. Aristo Vujdani, the founder, CEO, and director of research and development at Immunosciences Lab Incorporated, where he explores the development of novel techniques for the diagnosis of immune disorders, as well as the role of infectious agents, xenobiotics, and dietary proteins in neuroimmune disorders. Among Dr. Vojdhani's 100-plus publications in scientific journals, we find infections, toxic chemicals, and dietary peptides binding to lymphocyte receptors and tissue enzymes and are major instigators of autoimmunity and autism in the International Journal of Immunopathology and Pharmacology. Antibodies Against Central Nervous System Antigens in Autism, Possible Cross-Reaction with Dietary Proteins and Infectious Agents in Autism, Antigens in neuropsychiatric disorders and low natural killer cell cytotoxic activity in autism, the role of glutathione, IL-2 and IL-15 in the Journal of Neuroimmunology. Well, I think that maybe I should have had an extra cup of coffee this morning, Dr. Virj Dhani, and I hope I didn't uh, misquote anything, so thank you for being with us.
3: Uh, It's my pleasure to be with you, and uh, um, thanks having such an important and informational program
2: well this is this is really uh an impressive um, list of articles that you've written
3: um, yes um, uh, about ten years ago, I started uh, my um, research in the field of autism and since then uh, my focus completely switched in in my you know in the laboratory and I'm extremely interested to continue my research in this field because that's the way I feel that I can give something back to my society.
2: Oh, thank you very much. Today we're going to be talking about immune abnormalities and autism and I'm going to give a very simplistic elementary school conceptualization of what the immune system is. Um, In my view, we grow up thinking that the immune system is like an army of soldiers who, when they see a foreign enemy who is an invader, they, in essence, shoot it. Um, So correct me if I'm wrong on that. And then first, please simply define for our listeners how a normal immune system works, and we'll need to define some terms such as Th1, Th2, T cells, B cells, T lymphocyte subsets, and macrophages.
3: The normal immune system works exactly like... uh Uh, musicians playing in a concert um, uh, that all components uh, involved in the body should work together in order to protect the body against invaders. Uh, So uh, in immune system we have uh, uh, different type of cells such as macrophages which are the first line of defense. Uh, For example if we have a cut in the skin and that's the route of entry for bacteria. Immediately macrophages, which are the first line of defense, they will go after those bacteria, try to engulf them, break them down to smaller pieces, and then give them to other type of cells which are called helper cells. Okay. And so uh, the helper cells will take that information and uh, communicate that to natural killer cells uh, or to B cells. In this situation, natural killer cells become activated and natural killer cells also can go after the infectious agents. And if the macrophages plus natural killer cells could not take care of that infection, then the message which is gone to the B cells, the B cells will produce antibodies and the antibodies will bind to those infectious agents, and that's how the phagocytes, the which are the macrophages, the first line of defense, better will destroy uh, the invaders or foreign material.
2: Okay, now you mentioned helper cells. Were those the T cells?
3: That, yes, uh, so if we, uh, simplifying uh, the, all the terminology, all the cells involved in the immune system, we can say macrophages, T cells, and B cells. So the macrophages are the first line of defense um, engulfing the bacteria or other uh, foreign material. Then the helper cells, as the name pertains, they're helping the macrophages and they're helping also natural killer cells, and they're helping also the B cells. Uh, And so by producing different type of cytokines can activate natural killer cells to go after infectious agents or viral infected cells or even tumor cells. Different type of cytokines produced by helper cells can activate B cells to produce antibodies. So yes, helper cells right in the center of the immune system. Macrophages, helper cells and B cells together should work in concert in order to protect the body against different foreign materials.
2: All right. I'm not quite sure that we know what a cytokine is yet, so let's define cytokine, uh, interleukins, and chemokines.
3: Yeah. Um, Cytokines are hormone-like material produced by different cells involved in the immune system. All right. Um, For example, interleukin-1 is a cytokine produced by uh, macrophages, or the phagocytes. Um, Then that serve as a communicator between macrophages and helper cells. So by binding to a receptor and helper cell, activating the helper cell to produce interleukin-2 or interferon gamma. Interleukin-2 and interferon gamma communicate with natural killer cells in order to activate the natural killer cells and go after viruses and tumor cells.
2: All right, so these are the ways that these different, um, these different agents communicate. Right, but
3: one uh, a group of cytokines which are becoming extremely, extremely important called Th1 and Th2 cytokines. And uh, because they're produced by helper cells, depending on the environment of the helper cells. The helper cells can produce Th1 cytokines such as IL-2 and interferon gamma, and Th1 cytokines are involved in cell-mediated immunity. As I described earlier, these cytokines can activate natural killer cells, and therefore that that is cell-mediated immunity. The Th2 cytokines such as IL-6, IL-4, and uh, IL-13 can activate the B cells to produce antibodies, and this is not cell-mediated immunity. We call that humoral immunity. So depending on the environment of, uh, uh, where the helper cells are exposed to, They can make Th1 or Th2 cytokines, but the bottom line is to have a balance between Th1 and Th2 cytokines. Any imbalance of Th1 and Th2 cytokines can result in immune disorders.
2: All right, so you've talked about Th1 being associated with uh, cell mediated immunity, Th2 being associated um, with humoral uh, immunity and uh, B-cells, and we hear about with children with autism that there's been uh, a shift, that it is out of balance. Is that true?
3: Yes, that is true. Um, That Th1, Th2 uh, is out of balance, but there is another type of cell which is responsible to this balance or imbalance. And that cell is called regulatory T-cell or T-reg. It's like a policeman. In one of the articles I wrote in a journal called ECAM, I have that figure where a, a policeman is standing with two different hands and one hand controlling the Th1, in another hand is controlling the Th2. So the bottom line is really the Th1-Th2 imbalance depending on regulatory T-cells another meaning cell which is regulating the immune system. And this is the cell which is, unfortunately, is abnormal in subgroup of children with autism.
2: All right. Let's go back a little bit. I don't think we covered um, chemokines. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. What are they? Uh,
3: chemi- chem- um, uh, chemokines are cytokine-like material, Produced by different type of cells, and and so uh, like uh, adhesion molecules. Um, so so the different type of molecules produced by different type of cells. Some of them are classified as cytokines. The other type of molecules are uh, classified as chemokines.
2: And what role do they play?
3: Uh, well, communication from cell to cell. Very so similar to cytokines. All
2: right. We talked about humoral uh, immunity and we talked about cell-mediated immunity. Um, What what about adaptive and innate? How are those related, those terms? Hello?
3: Yes, yes. Adaptive Um, and
2: innate immune systems?
3: uh, The the innate immunity is the natural immunity. Okay. That, you know, uh, we have natural antibodies or natural... Uh, molecules which can react to different foreign material. Um, The acquired immunity is when an antigen enter into the body and the body produces uh, antibodies against it or or activates cell-mediated immunity to go after the foreign material. So it's a kind of that... um, Reaction which the body did not have before, and now it's reacting to it and then producing antibodies. And set of cells will stay in the in the body, which always remember that uh, uh, that such foreign material invaded the 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 body.
2: And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Okay. What happens when the body is um, inappropriately attacking its own cells. What what substances could cause a disrupt? up oh, we'll have to talk about this when we come back from break with our guest, Dr. Arista Vujdani. And thank you to our sponsor, Medico. We'll be right back.
0: A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness.
4: the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPB4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products free of fillers anything artificial and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymedica.com
5: inside all of us lives a warrior we win battles with our careers our finances our children our pets it's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being modern day renaissance man ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in voice america networks the warrior within your guide to nutrition energy sex and survival ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime the warrior within broadcasts Live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival.
2: Immunosciences Lab Incorporated, and we were about to start talking about autoimmunity. Dr. Vajdani, um I was asking what substances could cause disruption in the body so that the soldiers would attack their own troops and if autoimmune diseases were common?
3: There are three major factors can induce autoimmunity. Number one, infectious agents. We know about infectious agents almost for 100 years. Um, that a component that of infectious agents, when the body responds to it, due to antigenic similarity between infectious agents' uh, antigens and human tissue, the body, by making antibody against infectious agents, that antibody can attack our own tissue. Classical example is streptococcal infection and rheumatic fever because a component of uh, streptococcal bacteria um, is identical to human heart myosin, and so we get the infection if we don't take care of it on time. Uh, The body will respond to toxins of the bacteria and those antibodies can turn against our own tissue and attacking the heart tissue, resulting in autoimmune against the muscle of the heart. And so infectious agent is number one, and we know for many, many years, and there are hundreds and thousands of examples of autoimmunity induced by infectious agents. Another classical example, which really I would like to introduce in here, is simple uh, food poisoning bacteria, um, or, uh, such as Campylobacter jejuni. It's producing a toxin, the body makes antibody against the toxin due to similarity between that toxin with human brain cells resulting in a disease, neurological disease, uh, which is called Guillaume barre syndrome. So here, something so simple from uh, food poisoning, if we don't take care of it on time, can result in autoimmunity against brain cells. So those are two examples of infectious agents. Next item are toxic environmental chemicals, mercury, pesticides, herbicides, and many, many other foreign material, in this case, chemicals, even antibiotics. But the way this work is, for example, mercury or pesticides or their metabolites, metabolites of pesticides, can bind to human tissue antigens, and those human tissue antigens become foreign material, our cell-mediated immunity and humoral immunity will respond to those uh, tissue antigens which mercury or pesticides are bound to, uh, resulting in autoimmunity against the tissue antigen which mercury or pesticides are bound to. Okay, now, many people do not recognize that really small chemicals can induce autoimmunity, while there are thousands and thousands of articles in the scientific literature showing that chemicals as a hapten can bind to human tissue and induce autoimmunity. And the first article published in Scientific Journal by Landesteiner and Jacobs was in 1923, showing if they, uh, who showed that if by taking a chemical called dinitrophenol, binding it to human tissue can induce autoimmune reaction or autoimmunity. Uh, And today, if someone is interested in research in the field of autoimmunity, uh, it's enough to take small quantities of mercury, inject to mice or rats those mice and rats will develop autoimmunity similar to scleroderma and lupus in, of course, in mice and rats. So here, example of few chemicals which can induce autoimmunity. And uh, finally, we should not forget, you know, all these new uh, articles written about the plasticizers, the plastic materials such as bisphenol and formaldehyde and all these chemicals which unfortunately getting into, in, into our body and inducing um, autoimmunity based on this mechanism of action. So infectious agents, toxic chemicals, and the third um, antigens or molecules can induce autoimmunity um, are generated from the diet. There's some food antigens. For example, in the case of gliadin, we know that gliadin has a component which is identical to cerebellum. We make antibody against gliadin. Those antibodies can turn around and attacking our own tissue, in this case, cerebellar component of the brain. So to answer your question, um, there are three factors which... Can induce autoimmunity, infectious agents, toxic chemicals, and dietary proteins and peptides.
2: Wow. Well, thank you for that uh, elegant explanation and uh, eye-opening explanation. I'd like to follow up on a couple of your points. Uh, I'll start with the uh, point about toxic environmental chemicals, and you mentioned mercury, and I uh, I know that. Some of the children have gotten tests such as for myelin basic protein antibodies and uh, glial fibrillary acid proteins. From what these tests indicate, say a child has elevated myelin basic protein antibodies, and and I know that you can't uh, diagnose individual children, but if, if MBP is elevated, is that a signal of something you said like that the mercury binds to the human tissues and then the body regards it as foreign material and it has an autoimmune reaction?
3: That's an excellent and elegant question. Um, it's amazing that uh, um, among many publications or some publications in the field of uh, uh, autism, the most reproducible finding Uh, is antibody against myelin basic protein and neurofilaments and different components of brain. And that was in the literature since 1980s and now 2008. At least there are 20 to 30 different articles, including my own publication in Journal of Neuroimmunology. But before uh, uh, talking about my own research, uh, an article was published years ago in Environmental Health Perspective, that's a journal of the government, um, which uh, it's a fascinating journal. It's, uh, people can go online and even download uh, many articles. And uh, in one of these uh, uh, issues of the journal, uh, years ago, I read an article about measuring antibodies against myelin-basic protein and neurofilaments is indication of neurotoxicity by heavy metals, including mercury. And uh, this author actually went ahead, not only uh, in the first article, measured the antibodies and found to be elevated in individuals exposed to heavy metals and mercury. The next, in his second article, he did detoxification by removing the mercury Uh, from the body. And six months later, he measured the level of these antibodies were uh, almost um, reduced by 200%. -hmm. And so that's a cause and effect relationship. When a person was exposed to mercury, had very high levels of antibodies against neurofilaments and myelin basic protein antibodies, when removed the mercury from the system, the levels of these antibodies went down significantly. So he concluded that a detection of myelin basic protein antibodies and neurofilament antibodies can serve as a biomarker for neurotoxicity induced by mercury and other heavy metals. Wow. Uh, that's, that's really, so this is the, the so another meaning that um, the most sensitive part of the body to toxic chemical, unfortunately, is brain and brain cells and their antigens. And that's why neurotoxicity induced by heavy metals, organophosphates, and many other environmental chemicals.
2: All right, I'm going to get back to the uh, brain in, in a moment that it sounds like This is a setup for what's called a neuroimmune disorder. Is that what a neuroimmune disorder is?
3: That's correct, exactly. That's neuroimmune disorder. Okay. Autoimmunity against brain cells.
2: All right. I want to get back to um, another point that you made about um, things that can cause autoimmunity. You mentioned infectious agents and you mentioned strep, and my mind... uh, moves on to thinking about measles virus. Is that an infectious agent that can cause an autoimmune response?
3: Yes. Um, you see, there are many, many articles in the scientific journal who compare molecular structure of the viruses to human tissue antigens. And this is part of the gene bank. And you can go online and find the structure of measles virus Uh, For example, like 600 amino acids for a specific protein. And then you can uh, compare that to different tissue antigens, human tissue antigens, and you will find many antigenic similarity or molecular mimicry between measles virus with human tissue antigens, including brain cells. So therefore, if an individual reacts to measles virus But that specific component, which is identical to human tissue, then those antibodies can attack that component of the human tissue resulting in autoimmunity.
2: So people who are proposing introducing any um, outside agents into the human body need to be careful that the situation of molecular mimicry cannot occur to set this in such a way that sets up an autoimmune reaction.
3: Um, Terry, we hope that any foreign material get to human system. Go ahead. And the body will be able to respond to it and not induce any autoimmunity.
2: Oh, more on this complicated matter when we come back.
1: Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health and Wellness.
2: We're back with Dr. Aristo Vojdani, uh, the founder, CEO, and director of research and development at Immunosciences Lab Incorporated, um, with information that's both fascinating and, um, kind of disturbing. Um, I know when I asked you, Dr. Bojdani, about whether the adaptive immune system was good, um, you must have, you know, thought I was a bit daft, but, um, because of course it's good when it is, uh, going after things that the body uh, shouldn't have, but not when we're going after our own
3: tissue. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but but in 99.9% of the cases, the immune system doing is its wonderful job and uh, going after the foreign materia, material and destroying them. But unfortunately, when our body is exposed to so many unwanted molecules, such as toxic chemicals, then the immune system, uh, cannot do its job properly, and that can happen in 1% or less of the cases.
2: Well, you were talking about molecular mimicry, and I was kind of saying that we then would need to be careful if anybody wants to introduce uh, anything into the body that could set up the situation and set up autoimmunity. And I'll tell you something um, that I was thinking about specifically, and let me know if I'm on the right track. I've heard that there's something called uh, squalene, squalene, and the anthrax vaccine. Not quite sure how to pronounce that, but, um, and it's an oil-based adjuvant and it mimics what's uh, the, the fatty uh, substance in our brain and so it causes an autoimmune reaction.
3: Um, you know, I've worked in a, cli- in a research laboratory and clinical laboratory for almost 40 years I used to immunize rabbits using complete and incomplete Freund adjuvant. Adjuvant actu- actually is a, a mixture of oil plus um, mycobacteria, BCG. So when it's injected with an antigen, uh, the BCG will call all the macrophages in the body to go to the site of injected antigen and will have a severe immune response, so that way they can uh, potentiate antibody production. That's the purpose of adjuvant. Right. And, um, but unfortunately, that bacteria plus the oil can induce production of antibodies which can cross-react with human tissue due to molecular mimicry or antigenic similarity resulting in autoimmunity. So yes, we have to be very careful. Uh, uh, As far as my knowledge, uh, uh, I know that these type of adjuvants are used only uh, in animal models, not in humans. In humans, for example, now in vaccines, they are using um, some kind of aluminum as an adjuvant.
2: Right, Uh,
3: but they are not using uh, the component of BCG or other bacteria.
2: You were talking earlier about how sensitive brain tissue is. Do you know of any evidence of abnormalities in the blood-brain barrier in autism?
3: Uh, uh, In fact, uh, that's a topic that I'm working on it right now. And uh, I'm reading many, many articles about the gut and brain relationship, um, you know. For any research, usually we prepare ourselves. We read many, many articles. And in past uh, year or so, I read several articles uh, published in different journals uh, in relation to gut bacteria can induce neuroinflammation. Just you know, remember what just I said: gut bacteria can induce Neuroinflammation, how is it possible? So in these articles, they showed that if we have imbalanced gut flora, for example, E. coli is growing like crazy, that will release a lot of lipopolysaccharides which are endotoxins. These lipopolysaccharides induce inflammation in the GI tract, producing cytokines such as TNF-alpha, which is pro-inflammatory, Cytokines, opening the tight junctions. The inflammation can travel now from the gut to different tissues and into the blood. Those inflammatory molecules, the cytokines and chemokines, now can affect the blood brain barriers, opening the blood brain barriers, and unwanted molecules now can enter or go through open blood-brain barriers inducing first neuroinflammation. After years of neuroinflammation, um, the neuroinflammation can result in neuro autoimmunity and neuro autoimmunity can result in neurodegeneration. So here, classical example of um, a bacteria from GI tract can induce Complete neuro autoimmunity uh, to the brain cells uh,
2: you know that's such an elegant explanation, and this, this information, because of the pathology of which it speaks, is just so disgusting and i'm so disgusted that our government agencies just don't and mainstream medicine do, just don't see this
3: um, the, the type of articles I read are all of them are from mainstream of medicine. Uh, sorry, but unfortunately, it takes about 20 to 30 years the type of information as a scientist I'm reading and using in my research uh, to get to probably to mainstream of medicine and its use in clinical practice. Yes.
2: Yeah. Why don't they just help the kids? Oh. All the information- so to
3: answer your question, that, that was one example, but really I read those articles in order to do my own research currently. I'm in the middle of this research, which probably in the next six months I'll send it for publication. The data, I'm in the process of generating the data. It's, a, it's fascinating data coming out that individuals, children with autism, who have antibodies against lipopolysaccharides of a bacteria in the gut, they also make antibodies against blood-brain barriers, and there is a molecule called blood-brain barrier protein. Simultaneously, also, they make antibodies against myelin basic protein, neurofilaments, and other molecules in the brain. So by doing these three simultaneously, one can claim that if this child is making antibodies against lipopolysaccharides from bacteria in the gut, making antibodies against Uh, blood-brain barriers at the same time also making antibodies against myelin basic protein or neurofilaments or myelin oligodendrocyte glycoprotein, not only we can prove that the blood-brain barriers are opened due to uh, bacteria in the gut or some other factors, toxic chemicals or many other environmental factors, Um, uh, so this by itself explain how a bacteria can open the blood brain barrier resulting in neuro autoimmunity. And um, that's the kind of research is ongoing and hopefully in next year by this time we'll have it published in the scientific journal. Wow, well thank you for I that. was very amazed to see that uh, the same person making antibodies against lipopolysaccharides, having high levels of antibodies against blood brain barriers, high levels of antibodies against myelin basic protein neurofilaments. Another child who did not have antibodies, autistic child, did not have antibody against lipopolysaccharides, no antibodies against blood-brain barriers, no antibodies against myelin basic protein and neurofilaments. I think that's a cause and effect relationship.
2: So um, is it, I don't know if you're involved in any sort of treatment issues whatsoever, um, but does this sound like these are things that can be used as biomarkers to uh, direct treatment possibly that a a practitioner can use it in a practical way or would it be uh, a good prognosticator of a level of of progress?
3: Definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely. Um, uh, The bottom line we have, the clinicians should learn how to repair the blood-brain barriers. But before that, to repair the blood-brain barriers, they have to repair the leaky gut. So there are many many factors, uh, or many uh, supplements, uh, can repair the leaky gut, meaning you know the neuro the inflammation in the gut. Repairing that, then they can repair also the blood-brain barriers and prevent from immune system attacking its own tissue, in this case, the nerve cell antigens. So repair the gut and repair the blood-brain barrier will be the future um, uh, trend in treating patients with neuro autoimmunity.
2: Right. very good. Let's talk uh, a little bit about the study Low Natural Killer Cell Cytotoxic Activity in Autism, the Role of Glutathione, IL-2, and IL-15. Why was examining natural killer cell activity important to do in children with autism?
3: Um, Before answering your question, for almost 20, 25 years, I have handled many, many blood samples from at least few thousand clinicians uh, for testing um, or doing immune system evaluation. And natural killer cells was one of those tests which I introduced it right in the beginning because that was the subject of my postdoctoral studies at UCLA. This is one of the most sensitive cells which is involved in immune function, two environmental factors. And I have, had seen many, many individuals who had history of exposure to toxic chemicals. The two major abnormalities I found in them, one was low natural killer cell activity, the second one was antibody against myelin basic protein and other neuronal cell antigens. Uh, and so I was uh, calling these doctors uh, in the beginning, what is wrong with these patients? Why they have so low natural killer cell activity? And they were telling me at that time, um, this patient is having history of exposure to chemicals. This, for example, this person is working in a specific factory uh, handling toxic chemicals. And finally, in one cases, you know, one of the doctors told me this child is autistic child And that's generated more um, um, interest in me, and so uh, we included natural killer cell activity also as a part of immune system evaluation for children with autism. And uh, uh, from 12 different doctors, during five years, we got more than 1,000 samples.
2: All right, and let's discuss this some more when we come back from break at the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Anthemetica. We'll be right back.
0: Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness.
4: at www.invimedica.com
5: JackLelane.com presents Jack Lelane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine Lelane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris Lane to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack Lelane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network.
2: We're back with Dr. Rousseau and Dr. Vojtani, I had asked you about natural killer cells, and would you like to finish what you were saying? before? Yeah,
3: sure, I would like to go back and first uh, um, mention that one more time that natural killer cell is one of the most important cells in the human system protecting us against infections and um, tumor cells and cancer. Um, unfortunately, this is one of the most sensitive cells Two environmental factors. Hundreds and thousands of articles published in scientific journals that under stressful conditions, natural kill cell activity goes down significantly, and therefore the relationship between um, stress, infections, and cancer. Uh, unfortunately, this cell also is very sensitive to toxic environmental chemicals. And uh, that's why I included these in part of our immune system evaluation. And in children with autism, I was mentioning that first, we um, uh, started this with few, and then eventually we got more than 1,000 samples from 12 different physicians from all over the country. And we found that uh, between 50 to 70, or some of them even 81% in one clinic, uh, of children with autism had low natural killer cytotoxic activity. And to study the mechanism of action, we found that those who had low natural killer cell activity, their white blood cells also were depleted from glutathione and IL-2 and IL-15. So what we did in a laboratory setting, when we took those cells who had low natural kill cell activity, if we added glutathione, they, their activity went back to normal. And uh, for example, if 20 units of natural kill cell activity is a normal range, children with autism, majority of them were less than 10. But when we added glutathione to cell, cells of a child, with autism and activity of natural killer cells, for example, five lytic units, by adding glutathione, the five lytic units went up to 40 lytic units. When we added IL-2 and IL-15, the same thing. So here, not only that, we show that children with autism have low natural killer cell activity, Um, we indicate what molecules, for example, in this case, lutathione and the cytokines are responsible for low natural killer selectivity. activity. Okay. And also I would like to mention that years ago that I did um, publish three different articles in different journals about how to enhance natural killer cytotoxic activity by using vitamin C. So vitamin C is one of the best factors which can enhance natural killer cytotoxic activity, and that's the relationship between vitamin C and lower cancer rate, and uh, that's why vitamin C also can protect us against the flu and cold. All
2: right, so just to summarize a little bit, um, low natural killer cell uh, cytotoxic activity was correlated with low intracellular glutathione low and low intracellular Uh, interleukin-2 and interleukin-15, correct me if I'm wrong, and could you please explain uh, a bit to our listeners, remind our listeners about the importance of glutathione and the um, importance of interleukins to um, assessing immunocompetence?
3: Um, Glutathione um, has a very protective mechanism in the cell. And of course, depends on, we have two types of glutathione, um, um, reduced and oxidized. And glutathione, reduced glutathione, is protecting the cell against uh, any damage. But when glutathione becomes oxidized due to exposure to environmental chemicals and oxidants, pro-oxidants, then that glutathione becomes toxic to the cells and inducing the cells to go through programmed cell death or apoptosis.
2: Oh my gosh.
3: So therefore, the the good glutathione, which is reduced glutathione, is very good to protect the cell against any damage. And uh, if we are talking about natural killer cell activity, Activity of natural killer cells could be affected significantly if we have more oxidized glutathione than reduced glutathione. So when we add more reduced glutathione to the cells, they get back their activity uh, to the normal uh, values or normal range. Now cytokines IL-2 and IL-15 are very important. Uh, Earlier I mentioned that T-helper cells produce IL-2 and interferon gamma, IL-2 and interferon gamma give the ammunition to natural killer cells in order to fight viruses and tumor cells. What I mean by ammunition, inside the cytoplasm of natural killer cells there are granules, bullet-like material, millions of bullet-like material. And uh, when natural killer cells is active enough, has a lot of bullet-like material when they get in contact with tumor cells, they release those bullet-like material, breaking the membrane of the tumor cell or viruses and destroying the enemy. Wow. But if those cells have low glutathione and have low IL-2 and interferon gamma, they will not be able to uh, produce those ammunition or bullet-like material or missile-like material in order to release them and and destroy the enemy. So therefore, the cytokines and glutathione and other nutrients are extremely, extremely important for activity of T cells, B cells, natural killer cells in particular for those missile like material released from uh, uh, the natural killer cells which are important for destruction of viruses and tumor cells.
2: Okay, so Definitely, studying natural killer cells in children with autism would be important because um, if this if this activity is, is insufficient, then it would adversely affect the child's ability to fight off viruses, bacteria, parasites, and malignancies.
3: Absolutely, and also uh, let's not to forget that for every one of us, I believe the natural killer cytotoxic activity and its measurement once a year is the most important for documenting whether or not our immune system is working, it's functioning, whether or not our immune system is capable of destroying viruses and tumor cells.
2: Mm. Very good. All right. Well, I have some good news for our listeners. Uh, Dr. Vojdhani is going to join us again next week for more of this vital and fascinating information, but Dr. Virginia, I'd like to ask you if you have any closing remarks for today that we haven't covered yet.
3: Um, That we have to pay attention to our immune system. The immune system is the first line of defense protecting us against foreign material. Um, And it's very important to have a strong immune system so we'll be able to take care of the infections, and uh, toxic chemicals, I don't know. We, the, the only choice we have is to eliminate them, not to let them get to our, to, to, to our body. Uh, infections, yes, we can uh, make the immune system strong enough to fight the infection, but in case of toxic chemicals such as mercury and others, we have to prevent their entry into our system so our immune system will not be uh, faced with these unwanted molecules which by their binding to human tissue will result in autoimmune reaction. And finally, we have to pay attention to our dietary proteins or to our diet and make sure if we are sensitive.
2: Yes. All right. And we will talk about the diet more uh, next week with Dr. Virghtani. Dr. Virghtani, thank you for studying this intricate information and for sharing it with our listeners.
3: My pleasure. Thank you, Terry.
2: Dr. Bochdani will also be speaking at the Autism One Conference in Chicago on uh, Friday, May 22, 2009. Please visit www.autismone.org. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Enza For questions about this program, please email me at tiaranga at And thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.